With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio.
little Bone Poets Orchestra there with Edge of the Western World title track off of that release. Hello, you are listening to the Pagan Musings Podcast. I'm Rev Kess. Kali Sarah is on the line with me, I believe. Hello. Hello. Hi, how are you? Pretty spiffy. Okay. I'm spiffy. I I I I've learned to wonder if that's in seriousness or sarcasm from you. Actually, I am having a wonderful day. Good, good, good. That's all. That the, I'm I'm really happy to hear that. I've <laughs> <laughs> I've seen some things that you've had to put up with online the last couple of days, and I'm like, I'm glad she's having a good day. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Good. Good day. Good, good. Well, we're going to have a good conversation tonight. We have a returning guest, somebody who hasn't been with us for a number of years. Uh and oddly enough, she's back on talking about the same topic she was before, but that's because it doesn't ever seem to go away. And what I'm talking about there, what I'm implying there, is we're going to be talking about plagiarism and internet piracy, primarily about books. And our guest tonight is uh, Baudica Foster, who was on a number of years ago talking about this very same topic. Did I pronounce your first name correctly? You got it right this time. Woo! I remembered. (laughs) There you go. Hi, how are you doing tonight? Uh, not too bad. I've got, uh, well, my coffee wasn't ready, so I've got uh, a glass of water at hand, so I guess I'm good to go for now. How about you? <laughs> I've got water, and I'm good to go as well. All right. So um, this is a broad topic, but it's a topic that's very important to the pagan community, especially the uh, the authors and publishers involved in the pagan community, but it's also a topic that I think that your to use a phrase here, common everyday pagan should also be very aware of and concerned about because it affects everybody, and that's you know plagiarism, copyright infringement, internet piracy. It's just you know it's not a good thing. No, it's not. Um, the pagan community, uh, we, we don't rely on one book like other uh, groups. We rely on many, many books, many, 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 many authors. And um, it affects all of them financially as well as um, emotionally in some cases. I mean, let's face it, to find out... Uh, your book is being passed around the internet, you're not making the sales that you should be making, your publisher is not too happy with that, and you're not making mm-hmm. any money on it. I mean, let's face it, what is an author doing? He's writing a book for money, all right, and make a living. And mm-hmm. uh, the same with artists. We call them creators, the artists, the, the authors, the musicians, they're all creators. Um, of material that we use every single day. Yeah. 
Very much so. Very much. I, I like that term, the uh, creators. It covers everything nicely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and I suppose should point out that you know the music that we play here on the podcast we do have permission for. <laughs> good, good. Nice uh, to hear you that. Know, in writing, even. Oh, that's the best way to have it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I so, have seen you know, some. Hmm? I was going to say I've seen some uh, pagan YouTube's. And it's it's very evident the music that they're using is not used with permission. So, yeah, I think that's probably one of the reasons why I've never gone past the the conversation of taking this show to YouTube because it's like you know that's a whole different ball of wax when it comes to permissions and licensing and what have you. It's like. Yeah, I'm going to stick with what I know for now. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Uh, just like uh, it's very difficult to decide how to quote things uh, during the show. It's like, okay, you know, like uh, the Heather Green uh, recently wrote right. an editorial for the Wild Hunt on this very topic. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's like, okay, we can't just, you know, sit here on the show and read the whole article out to you because that's copyrighted material. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And the so, way I usually do it is is to quote so-and-so um, mm-hmm. regarding, you know, what we're discussing. She says, he says, it's usually about the only way you can do it. And just take quotes out. Quotes are quotes. You're allowed to pull quotes out of printed material. So that that doesn't mm-hmm. kind of that doesn't fall foul of the law. So as long as you yeah, get her, proper citation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and her editorial is pretty thorough in addressing at least the basics of plagiarism and copyright infringement and stuff like that. Yeah. Um. <laughs> it was a good article. It really was. Mm-hmm. It is. It is, yes. It was uh, originally published on the 11th of August this year, 2018. Uh, we'll be floating around, I'm sure, for quite a while because of how important it is. Uh, and she, of course, refers to the same group that we're going to be talking about. Pagans Against mm-hmm. Plagiarism, a, uh, yeah. a collective on Facebook. I like that. <laughs> watchdog yes. collective, even. Uh, I you don't want to tell like us a little bit watchdog, about but you, you know, know that's that's what they use to define us. So watchdog mm-hmm. is fine. Okay. Do you want to tell us a little bit about uh, what the the group on Facebook is all about? Um. Back in 2010, I believe it was, twenty yeah, about 2010, um, we were involved uh, with a, an altercation with a plagiarist. We knew the publisher. The publisher had refused, had originally was going to contract the book, uh, put it through a plagiarism checker, and it withdrew the contract. 
um, she was not too happy with that particular person. And um, from there, she she then tried to change the name of the book, change the name of the author several times and get it published. She, she self-published it uh, through Amazon at that point. It was pulled down in some of its various forms. It's still up there in other forms. Um, but we learned a lot about plagiarism. We learned a lot about copyright. We learned a lot about um, piracy. Mm-hmm. And um, we ran into people who were having the same kind of problems. Uh, they were Their books were out there being passed around for free, being charged for, being put on CDs and being charged for. and uh, They were having issues. And at that time, there was also the uh, Digital uh, Millennial Copyright um, Act that was in effect. And that basically allows people to uh, demand that their, their material, their work, the creator's work, should be removed from the Internet. In, in, in either from social media, forums, websites, and we went through and figured out how to do it ourselves. Lawyers are expensive. A lot of people don't have access to publishers or lawyers to help them do that. So we became an educational group, um, helping the creators uh do these kinds of DMCA's, Digital Millennium Copyright Act, um, forms, fill them out, get them into the proper people at the proper places, for the, for either websites or social media or forums. And um, that's how we got started. I think it was about 2011 when we finally decided to put up a group because it was just getting totally out of hand. <laughs> so it was, we put it all in one place, get it all together, give it to people, let them digest it, and use it as they need it. So that's how it started. And you're sitting at uh, 1,033 members right now on that Facebook group. Yeah. And a lot of them are that... creators. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I, I noticed that when I see uh, comments on various threads in the group it's like oh hey i know who that is or mm-hmm. i've read something by that person mm-hmm. my working with um the wiccan pagan times i got to know some of these people and they joined the group because of the the relationship that we have so they're in there uh some of them are in there not under their own you wouldn't recognize the handle, the um, the name, all right, because you know them by their book names. But I know who mm. a lot of them are. Yeah. yeah. And they 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 pick up on it. They well, when somebody finds a stash that's um, being passed around and comes and tells us about it, we get them the information they need to be able to file the, the uh, DMCAs with either Facebook or whoever it is that's that's um, holding the material at this point. It's in their files area, 
some of them have them in Dropboxes, Dropbox or Google, Bo- Google Files. There's a couple of formats that they've been using. Um, we get them the links, the names of the books that are up there, and they file the DMCA's. We can't file them. Uh, only the uh, copyright holders can file DMCA's. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. They, uh, they do. It takes about maybe a week, two weeks sometimes, depending on what the volume is in the DMCA department. You know what I mean? And um, some of them don't even do it unless they get a court order. We've had a couple of websites like that. All right. Get a lawyer's note. Then we'll take it down. But most of the time, they're very, very accommodating. Um, it just takes a little bit to get it taken down because their their departments for for um, DMCA's are quite busy. There's a lot of material mm. up on Facebook. There's a lot of material up on Google. There's a lot of material up on Dropbox, and they go in and they verify that the material is actually copyrighted. So before they'll even take it down, they check it. It's not like they go up there and go, oh. Look, this guy's got 20 complaints. Let's take it down. No, they go up and check the material, and if there's enough material up there, and they have enough uh, DMCA's from the from the, the creators, they'll pull it down. Same with um, artwork. Um, we don't deal too much with music. With music, <laughs> what day is it? We'll tell you what the new laws are. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> True. Yeah, yeah. Music, music seems to. To, to move in it a lot more quickly than uh, books or artwork. So we, we can't keep up with it at all. Um, usually we just tell them, you know, if it's up on YouTube and it's yours and it's not supposed to be there, you file a complaint with YouTube. But mm-hmm. there's really yeah. not much. Uh, I've not gotten into depth uh, with music, but we tell them where they can go to file their DMCA's as well. So, yeah, the uh, the music biz has a lot more clout, it seems, at least a lot more money. Uh, yeah. And when I say that, I'm talking like the record labels, not the musicians. <laughs> no, no uh, not the musicians. The, they have a very. <laughs> if you're on a label, the label does have a lot of clout, but we do have a lot of independent. Uh, music uh, labels going around and there are a lot of it's difficult for them. They don't have the clout that the big recording studios do. Mm -hmm. Very, very true. And of course most of uh, the pagan musicians out there are independent labeled. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So it's it's difficult for them. But they do have the option of filing the DMCA with a lot of the um, um, music sites, Bandcamp, YouTube. There's a couple of others out there. If their music Mm -hmm. is up there and it shouldn't be there, they do have the option of filing the DMCA. Yeah, I'm I'm scrolling through uh, Pagans Against Plagiarism on Facebook, and it's just 
amazing how many things or how many sites seem to pop up. You know, how many different well, uh, Facebook groups, how many different websites, you know, file shares, what have you. Yeah. We can go for a couple of weeks without a peep, and then all of a sudden we'll get hit with five, six, seven of them. I mean, last week we had, what was it? Let me, let me, let me get the count. Last week we had reported to, um, let's see, I think it was five of them last week, mm-hmm. all totaled. And it's, it's totally out of control. Well, yeah, I am we, happy. We had, to no, I'm sorry. We had six six groups last week with violations. Uh, I am happy to say that the group that I brought to everybody's attention does mm-hmm. not exist anymore on Facebook. Well, I was looking at it last night. There's something that you don't realize when they when they realize that they've got caught. They have an option. They can do what they call take the, the group secret. And if you have not been in the group, you can't find it. Okay. Uh, well, it so is currently we uh, attachment we're... unavailable. Right, exactly. And basically what that's saying is, is you, don't, you were never in the group. You're not part of the group, so you can't see it. Uh, I think somebody last night, I wanted to verify if it had been taken down yet, and mm-hmm. she was still in the group. And I, ha- I was in the group myself. And I can still see that it's their secret. I'm looking for. Um, okay. Yeah. So yeah, I wish it was taken down. Hmm. Well, that's a small step in the right direction, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. If people can't find it, then they can't go in and take the books out. Mm-hmm. No. And. What was interesting about that particular group is that they weren't using uh, Facebook itself to house the files, the PDFs. It was yeah. links to another site. Um, yeah, Dropbox. Which, well, it was an Evernote. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was an Ever. That was the Evernote one. There was another one that was a Dropbox. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We had um, right after the one that you're talking about. Uh, with the 900 book files and the 3,000 members, somebody mm-hmm. came up with a list of 4,500 authors. All right, with their books in a Dropbox, what they've been doing is they um, open up a group on a social media or a forum and uh, say, go to this Dropbox. There are books there. Help yourself. And... Uh, it was a rather large one. Um, I I know there are uh, Sir, uh, Sarita de Estes books. I think just about every one of them was in the Dropbox. I know we'd be discussing with her, getting her to do the DMCAs on that. But that's Dropbox. Mm-hmm. That's a different... Um, different animal. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes <laughs> Dropbox will do something about it, and sometimes Dropbox will just ignore you. So uh, we're going to find out which way it's going to go. But, um, I mean, just as an example, like I said, everyone, just about everyone of Sarita's asked these books is in there. Um, I took a look at a couple others, the, the, the usuals uh, from the Llewellyn Publishing Company uh, were all up there as well. 
the ones that always show up. Yeah, and I know that uh, Alyssa Gallo and the rest of the uh, team there at Llewellyn can sometimes spend days, if not weeks, yeah. Yeah. just swamped yeah. with those those issues. DMCA's. Yep. DMCA's. Yeah. Yep. DMCA's. Uh, yeah. We've. I've asked her multiple times to come on to talk about it and she's like I would love to I don't have the time right now because <laughs> it seems like I every time well I imagine. ask her it's you know they've been hit with another slew of them and she's like I'm so mm-hmm. focused on this or you know focused on the uh, the the fall or the winter or the spring or the summer catalog whatever right Right. And it's like, you know, I totally understand. You're working mm-hmm. for the publisher. You're on their timeline. That's right. I'll just wait over here patiently for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's it. And that's why I said sometimes it's not so much Facebook or Dropbox or um, the publishing house itself. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to write, you have to go up and list every single book with a DMCA attached to it. All right. And that's a lot of work. That's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. The forms to fill out. DMCA is not a small form. Um, it requires that you list ownership of the material that you're reporting. Um, you have to give the locations of where there is evidence that the material belongs to you. And then you have to list where the material, the, the, the offending material is, is located. Um, then you have to sign an affidavit. I mean, there's there's a whole, yeah. And then, of course, there was another another one last week from Australia with uh, another small group with 15 t- titles, probably a startup. Um, I was automatically banned. They wouldn't even let me in. <laughs> I couldn't even find I couldn't even find the website. I think they've got my name, and everybody just automatically bans me. You know, um, that happens quite a bit. I can't even get into some of these groups. I, I, I think they go in and they take a look at who's who who the, the owners are over at uh, Pagans Against Plagiarism. They just ban every single one of us. So. I know. At least they know you're there. <laughs> and they do feel threatened. Uh, that's, yeah, and that surprises me. They still continue to do it. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, well, some I of think, them, I'm sure, don't think they're doing anything wrong. Yeah. I get that a lot. Then why do they take the group secret immediately? Why do they mm-hmm. dump the files in their files area immediately? Why do they kick us all out and then figure we're not going to come back in? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They don't know what they're doing is wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I suppose we should probably at least briefly define what we mean by copyrighted material. Sure. Um, copyright, the the whole structure of copyright is the basis for um, this whole discussion and, and all of the, the um, issues that we've been discussing. Copyright a creator's work is protected under copyright law, all right, because the creator mm-hmm. who does not earn a paycheck every week for their work, they have a special set of rules 
governing their work and how uh, they get paid for it and to assure that they get paid for it, outlined in copyright laws. Um, copyright, by the way, is law. Uh, because without copyright laws, the creators, those who create artistic works, would have no legal rights to their work. This is what makes piracy and plagiarism illegal. It also mm-hmm. creates copyright infringement laws, and the law protects the creator against such infringements of their work. So, um, and from the Copyright Office Online, the U.S. Copyright Office, when a copyrighted work is reproduced, distributed, performed, and publicly displayed, or made into a derivative work without the permission of the copyright owner, that is copyright infringement. Okay? Anytime um, a creator's work is used without their permission, a copyright infringement and they can file uh, DMCA to have it taken down, removed, or they can go further. Um, they can actually hire a lawyer and do a civil suit should the offending party decide that they're not going to do anything about it. So, mm-hmm. I guess the other thing, too, is, is understanding what is copyrighted and what is not. And to, to make it very, very clear, the, the law says very, very clearly, once a work is in a tangible form, in other words, it is produced um, on paper or it is created, it is in a physical form, it is automatically copyrighted. Uh, you do not have to file paperwork. You can if you want to, but you don't have to. As long as it's tangible, you can see it. Um, it's copyrighted. They mm-hmm. own the rights to their work. Um, we're trying to think what else. There, there are basic rules for what can or cannot be copyrighted. Um, The legal eagles use the term works without enough originality um, cannot be copyrighted, like titles, names, short phrases. You can't copyright those. You can put them under trademark or get them registered, but you can't copyright those. Um, mm-hmm. We're not going to go into trademarks here. That's a whole other story. Uh, no, and, and, the, the copywriting yeah. of a word or phrase did kind of mm. smack into the uh, the indie publishing world, fiction-wise, at least earlier this year, and just the the idea that the that the U.S. Copyright Office was even considering allowing it. Yeah. Um... Copyright Office, I think, has to consider everything. I think that's yeah. what the, that, that was that all about. Very well being, but it's just wow! It it started such a kerfuffle, and I'm just you know I'm sitting back here. You know I'm an indie <laughs> author. I'm sitting back here yeah. watching it, going, "What? The? No, no, yeah. no! Don't overreact. Yeah. Just wait. Just wait. Something's going to happen yeah. here." 
it's not like, you know, we're looking at what we've been talking about here where it's, you know, an already established thing. You know, it's, well, just last week, Dorothy Morrison posted mm-hmm. to her page. She's like, I can't believe how stupid some people are trying to use my own work against me when I point oh. out that they're violating copyright. Yeah, 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 yeah. I saw that. I, I could not stop laughing. I meant, I mean, the person who was giving away her books was, was approached by her and, or was, was approached by us, I believe it was, and he wrote on his um, group page something about, well, I'm going to hex her with her own candles, and I'm going, oh, that is so brilliant, yes. Thank you. I'm going to sit back, get the popcorn, and watch what happens. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh. Let's see. What else do we have here? Um, that's the other thing that there was a discussion in a group about, um, the duration of a copyright on a, on a particular um, created piece. Um, mm-hmm. Anything after 1922, 23 now, because it's another year is going by, um, anything created before 1923 is in public domain. All right. But after 1923, you run into different phases of what the Copyright Office was doing um, the works from 1922 to 1978 are copyrighted for uh, 95 years from the date of publication. Not uh, oh, I'm sorry. It's from the date the work is created, not published. So it could have been created two years before it was published, and the copyright exists on the work when it was created so it's mm-hmm. yeah and it's 95 years then um after 1978 it becomes the life of the author plus 70 years so um there is an, uh, an extension of time so that the works can, that, that the, the money that is generated by the works and the ownership of the works can be passed on to the uh, creator's families. Um, it's also the same in the, in the uh, UK. Artistic works of the life of the artist plus 70 years. So um, just because somebody's dead does not mean the work is no longer in copyright. And there was a little bit of a kerfuffle uh, somebody saying, but the, but the guy's dead. And I go, it doesn't make any difference. His family now collects the rights on this, okay? You don't get any say in what the author does with the material after he dies. If he leaves it to his family, you don't have any right to it. And he's mm-hmm. got 70 years. So, um, yeah. There's another misnomer about copyright that we just squashed. 
yeah, uh, one of the places that people can go to find out information is www.copyright.gov. Yes. Yes. Uh, that's the U.S. Copyright Office. Right. There's also a U.K. Copyright Office, too, and there's also an Australian Copyright Office. Mm-hmm. I think they're all running the same thing. It's uh, www.copyrightuk.co. Was it .co.uk, or they have a, an official? Uh, well, it's uh, copyrightservice.co.uk. Okay, and Australia has one, too. Um, there's also a European Copyright Office. Yeah, European well. Union, yay. <laughs> yes, yay. Yes, they have their own Copyright Office over there too. So anytime you would have a question about where a book might be, um, what, the, what the, the book might be published in Europe and you want to know what the copyright uh, standing is on that, you can find out. So. Mm. Yeah, the Australian one is copyright.org.au, and I'm going to look up mm-hmm. the European Union one for you here. Yeah. <laughs> Since we're sharing them, might as well. And uh, Yeah, if you don't, wow. don't want to believe me and don't want to take my word for it, go up and read the websites. It's all written there in black and white, or is it black on gray? I don't remember. I think the U.S. one is black on gray. It's all yeah, up there. So, <laughs> trying to find the one for the European Union is not as easy as you would expect. No, no, because I don't think it's called European Euro- Union. I don't remember off the top of my head, to be honest. Somebody pointed it out to me. Um, Well, I do know that the Wikipedia page has it all broken down into uh, you got France, Germany, Ireland, the Netherlands, Poland, Romania, Spain, and the UK. You have Commission of the European Communities. Yeah. Um, European. Oh, yeah, that's right. They have a whole new um, copyright laws that they just put in recently and um, mm-hmm. it's it's going to really cause problems on the net. Their, their privacy laws that they put up, there's a, a touch of yeah. um, copyright in there as well and it's definitely going to create some wonderful lawsuits mm-hmm. that are going to be interesting to watch and see how they go along. Okay, I got it. You got it? What is it, Sarah? Okay, it is the European Union Intellectual Property Office. E-U-I-P-O dot Europa dot E-U. There you go. Wow. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, they don't make it easy, do they? Nah, nah. <laughs> um, you can also go to, you know. Yeah, you can also go to ec.europa.eu and that that's mm-hmm. the European Commission and then everything goes from there. Mm-hmm. Licenses for Europe, international issues, uh, ongoing initiatives, and apparently there has been a 20-year extension to musical recordings. 
okay, over okay. what it was what before. Is today? What are the new laws? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, trying to keep track of all that. Woohoo! <sighs> yeah. That's why I'm glad we have resources like what you and the other admins on uh, Pagans Against Plagiarism have done over the years. You know, put something together. You've got your. I know you've got rules that people go to because, yeah, I'm looking at that right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we, we, but you've also are, got uh, – yeah, go ahead. I was going to say we, we <sighs> experience over the years has taught us that there are certain things that will work, there are certain things that will not work, and in most cases the only thing that works is for the author to go and file a DMCA. Um, mm-hmm. I believe back, I mean, it's not the first time Dorothy has encountered this. I think there was one a couple of years ago where um, she went up and asked very politely if the person would remove her book. And the person turned around and said, but we're promoting you. And it's like, okay, Dorothy Morrison needs promotion. Okay. And then she said, no, you're not promoting me. I'm asking you to please take my book down, at which point the girl actually had the goal to turn around and say, well, I wrote that book. And Dorothy was absolutely shocked. To her face, she's telling Dorothy, well, you didn't write it. I wrote it. And I was like, are you serious, Dorothy? Yeah, Yeah. Uh uh-huh. They come up with the strangest stuff as to why they think they can do things. And when they're caught, they come up with all sorts of BS excuses. What can I say? Yeah, definite BS excuses. Yeah, and people wonder why she's not publishing anymore. Exactly. We lost a very, very valuable author in our community. Uh, and she's, she's not still the writing, only one that we've she's just not publishing. Exactly. And we have other authors who have withdrawn from the, and we've had artists who have withdrawn from the net. And uh, the only place you can see their work now is in galleries. Mm-hmm. Um, we've lost a lot of valuable creators in our community. It's a shame. No. A number of years ago, I don't remember if it was when we had you on or not, we had um, M.R. Sellers, Merv was on with us, and Dorothy. And we Mm -hmm. kept losing connection with Dorothy. She finally just gave up on it. But, um, (laughs) yeah, that was before she had made the decision to stop publishing. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, yeah, yeah, it's like, well, she's still doing things. We know that. And she has said she's still writing. She's just not seeking to get it published. Because, you know, when you have a calling to write, you're going to write no matter what. You're going to get discouraged from time to time. You're going to probably wind up, and rightfully so, with her and several other creators out there. You're going to get so ticked off at the world that you're like, nip shit, I'm done. But you Mm -hmm. still can't stop writing. No, you can't. I, I, I have that same problem, too. You can't stop writing. You can't. No matter how you no. what you try to do, you still have to write. 
Yeah. It's just artists are the same way. They still have to sit down and pull out the paints or the or the or the chalk and 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 create. Mm-hmm. They can't not do it. So. I'm trying to see what else I have here. We were discussing about what you know work that we could do here. You were talking about pirated material too. You were asking about that. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, that's a little bit uh, more familiar territory for people when they're talking about music. But you know, basically. Right. Pirated material, to me, my understanding of pirated material mm. is taking the created work, the, the art piece, the, the music piece, mm-hmm. the written word, and profiting off of it instead of the creator or their publisher right. or record label or whatever having control of the profiting. Now, that, that's basically piracy. You're stealing it for your own use. In a not ethical manner. <laughs> yeah, and nine out of ten. The feeling wasn't ethical same, to begin with. Right, nine out of ten. It is the same book cover. It is the same text. It is this. It everything is exactly the same, except you're not buying it from Amazon or um, Barnes and Noble or uh, any other reputable store that has purchased these from the author or from the publisher. These people are going out and and printing the books themselves and selling them, and it never goes mm-hmm. past the publisher. It never goes past the author. It never goes. And there are several very large um, websites in places over in Europe that do not have. Um, they're not part of the uh, Digital Millennial Copyright Act. They haven't signed on to it, and they're they're producing their own books. Mm-hmm. China is one of them. There's, there's a couple of them over in China. Um, there are a couple in um, Russia. Mm-hmm. They just do it themselves, and they sell the books just like Amazon, except, again, the, the material never comes from the publisher or from the artist. It goes. They get a bootleg copy, and they just run off copies. Yep. Uh, there's also uh, many sites out there that are purporting to have so-and-so's book for free download. Yeah. And you go, you click on that book to download, and it's asking you for your email, blah, blah, blah. You never get the book, but they have your email, and they start flooding you with spam and potential mm-hmm virus attachments and stuff like well, that. It's their there phishing sites. Several, there are, yeah, phishing. There are several sites out there that we've run across where we've seen what looks like an Amazon page, mm-hmm. except it's not Amazon. Okay, they've copied verbatim the pages, and they're selling the books. And you go to click, and they ask you for your charge card number. You never get the book, you never get the file, but they've got your charge card number. And you think you're getting the book at a big discount, and you're not. Um, Yeah, you're not getting the book, and they're racking up charges on your account. Exactly, exactly. Or they're selling your account information to somebody else. Right, right. We've run into several of those sites as well, so... 
you know, here it is. You think, oh, look, it's got my book. You go over and take a look. They don't have the book. They just want your charge card number. Mm-hmm. Hey, Sarah, yeah. do you have any question or comment at this point in the game? Well, um, I have to say that uh, on the occasion, and yes, it has happened to even me, that I find my book on one of those scam sites, I just kind of chuckle. It's like, you know where to find me. You know where to find my book. You know how to get it legally. If you're going somewhere else, I'm just going to laugh at you. Okay. Well, I understand that some people are just going to laugh at it and walk away, but um, part of the problem is the volume of books that are being given away. You look at True. one site, you, yeah. Um, are you familiar with Blasty? Who? Uh, Blasty, it's a website. No, I don't think I know that one. Um, there's, it's a website, blasty.com, I think it is. Um, but what they do is they, you, you enter in your information for what your book is and they essentially do periodic scans looking for possible piracies. Oh, okay. Sounds good. Are they putting them up there and, and giving them away themselves, or are they just uh, informing people? Um, they inform people. Okay. They they have they have this like upgrade to their service that is you can like blast them, which I'm assuming is a, a DNC. D- DNCA, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I. I don't know that they have enough information to actually do that. I use it just as kind of a keeping an eye on things. Mhm. There are several different um, companies that will go and check the web for a price to find mm-hmm. out if your bo- if your books are out there being given away or sold illegally. Um, They'll inform you of it if they find it. It's a service. There's several of them. Yeah. Unfortunately, I don't think they do much more than tell you that your books are out there. Um, that's yeah. still up to That's still up to the author uh, or the publisher or the artist to file the DMCA. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, I... I I don't know exactly what these companies are doing unless you're signing over uh, to them the authority to be able to file those DMCAs for you. Yeah, I, I think mostly it's just bots that keep an eye on, you know, because there are so many websites out there that it's hard to find everything. And yeah. it's, you know, if you can find a decent one, then that will at least give you a heads up when there's a possible piracy, then that's. At least something. That's true. It's better than nothing. That's what we do. We give the our, the uh, creators a heads up when we find something. Not like we're going yep. out to look for it, but, you know. 
It just yeah. happens to fall on our doorstep. I was scrolling through Blasty.com while the two of you were talking, and as of the time that the page loaded for me, mm-hmm. 6,145,716 DMCAs have been submitted worldwide through Blasty.com. Oh, so they do file the, C- the DMCAs for you. That's good. It, yeah, you, you uh, well, through them, you you click buttons like Sarah was saying and mm-hmm. it'll send it, you know, if the, uh, the infringed material is found on Google, it sends it to Google. If it's found on uh, Bing or Facebook, wherever. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. You just click the blast button and DMCA copyright removal notices reading off the site here are instantly submitted to Google being Yahoo and the host of the illegal copy itself. And you can track the processing of the removal from your dashboard on the oh, site. That's cool. That's cool. Uh, and there is a free trial period. It looks like for Blasty. Uh, Sarah, you use mm-hmm. it. Is it just a trial period or is there um, various packages? Sarah? Sorry about that. It's okay. I was talking to children. <laughs> um, I just used the trial period and, you know, kind of tucked it in the back for when I have more funding. But uh, so I, I didn't look at it as in-depth as I probably should have. But, uh, you know, it's it's one of those things that I kind of tucked under my arm for future use. Okay. So. All right. But yeah, at least we know that there is a free trial period and then there's more from there. It's Blasty.com and no, we're not getting paid by them to share that website with you. <laughs> it was just one that got brought up. <laughs> I, I know there were several of them uh, out there that will tell you about it. I didn't realize that they were actually filing the DMCAs for you now. That shows you how long ago it was that I started looking at those. We become so involved with working just um, with the people that we have in our group and with the, um, the Facebook itself that, you know, anything outside, it's news to us sometimes. Yeah, I'm uh, looking at more about this. There are is this I'm trying to trying to figure out it's it's like an international conglomerate almost here when you're looking at the uh the leadership team for Blasty you've got somebody from the Netherlands somebody from Germany and somebody from France in the leadership there mm, so good. yeah they're looking at things from multiple perspectives you know multiple understandings of what copyright is when you're talking with the law you know, because as we right. were talking earlier, you have your U.S. copyright office and your U.K. and your E.U. and your Australia and, you know, right. and, and within the countries, that, there's uh, different things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say within, within the European group themselves, I know there are different laws for uh, – we had a young lady who was living in Sweden who said that their laws are just a little bit different up there than what the EU had and what the UK had. So, you know, 
I assume that each of these countries have their own basic copyright laws, and then they've all signed into the, D- the Digital Millennial Copyright Act as well, which mm-hmm. is another set of laws on top. Basic copyright covers paper. The DMCA covers uh, electronic um, formats for both books and um, artwork. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like we were trying to get across to everybody at the beginning of this conversation tonight. It's a complicated issue. It's not, you know, universal understanding country to country. It's not, you know, one simple thing to do to correct it. There's sometimes multiple steps. And it all right. depends on country of origin and country uh, hosting the site, too, I'm assuming. Yeah, some of them don't really care. Uh-huh. They're not involved in it. There, there's, there's no – nobody's going to bother them, so they don't care, so they're not going to do anything. Many, many times we've sent DMCA, DMCAs out to websites, and the website that the, the – um, the webmaster doesn't respond, so we send it to the um, hosting service. The hosting services, not our problem. They're, as far mm. as the hosting service is concerned, they're doing whatever they want on their website. The hosting service is not responsible or liable. They're responsible. Go after the people who are on the website. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we've had that a couple of times. Oh, we're just the hosting service. We've got nothing to do with it. I think it, it's basically dependent on where the hosting service is working out of. Um, I do know the ones overseas, they tend to be a little bit more flaky. But if you're dealing with um, UK, Canada, US, um, or uh, Australia, they tend to be a lot more responsive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's parallels that keep popping into my head when talking about hosting services that are like, eh, we don't care. It's their site. It's mm-hmm. like, okay. Um, some of these, not necessarily the same sites or same hosting services, pardon me, um, but there have been hosting services throughout the world, usually third world to use a term, or uh, even Eastern Bloc nations, unfortunately, mm-hmm. that were hosting websites for child pornography. And right. they were like, we're just the hosting service. We have no control over the content. And it's like, yeah, exactly. try do, try being a hosting service in the U.S. and saying that. Uh, that's not going to hold water at all. They're going to jail. Exactly. <laughs> uh huh. Which is why those DMCAs are meaningful throughout many countries mm-hmm. because it's like, okay, yeah. Okay. I'm in a country that has a law against this and you're issuing a DMCA. I'm going to pay attention. But if they're in a country that doesn't have a law against that or unenforceable laws against it, then they're going to be, mm-hmm. thanks. No, never mind to me. Well, part of the reason why DMCA works is that um, in the situation where um, a hosting service, 
like Facebook or Google um, is, is given a DMCA. The DMCA absolves them of any responsibility. They're, the people who are using their service are the ones that they're looking at. And as far as Facebook or Google is concerned, as long as they're not going to be involved in this, they're more than willing to take a look at the DMCA, see if it's a problem. If it is, take it down. Mm -hmm. As long as they're not going to be prosecuted for it, they're happy. And that's basically what a DMCA does. Okay. Um, the, The DMCA does not require a service provider to down alleged material. Okay. Uh, it, it suggests that it might be a good idea, but the, the service provider is not being held responsible for the content or any monetary issues that may arise from the violation, so it's in the best interest of the service provider to comply with the notice. That's basically how it's worded out of the Digital Millennial Copyright Act. Mm-hmm. Okay. The other thing is um, ISPs opt in to comply with DMCAs. They're not legally obligated to comply with them. So um, what happens is uh, they become agents for the DMCA to to receive DMCAs. They're actually registered with the U.S. Copyright Office as agents for DMCAs. Um, But there are other online resources that have decided to comply without becoming agents. So, you know, check... The best way to do it is to, to Google a DMCA for whatever company you're dealing with and see if they have one online. If they do, they're either complying or they're an agent, and they're good. They'll take care of it. Mm. Sorry, I'm looking at information and going, wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's... Um, Like I said, a DMCA, it's a very, very good tool. It's an excellent tool, but it has its endpoints where it it just becomes ineffective. If the the service doesn't accept the DMCA, you're out of luck. But on the other end, so many services have opted in or, or become agents to receive DMCAs, so it's pretty universal right now. Mm-hmm. I think the other thing we were, we were discussing recently is, is legal recourse. All right. Mm. Well, you can't, you can't make me. <laughs> uh, yes, they can because copyright is law. And as such, you can be taken to court by the person that you have infringed upon and um, okay, it does require a lawyer. And if you're getting taken to court, your best bet is to get a lawyer. However, um, if you lose in court, that's where it gets really pricey because uh, you may end up paying court fees, okay, compensation to the injured party, to be decided by the court, not by you, not by the injured party, but decided by the court. There may be legal pen- penalties for violating the laws, and those that, that we go back again to copyright is law. Court can put legal penalties 
for violating those laws. And if your offense is large enough, or if you're a repeat offender, you can end up serving jail time. All right, and when you start looking at, at websites with, with um, drop boxes with 4,500 different authors, books in there, um, you're looking at, well, if somebody decides that they want to take this party to court, uh, I would really like to see how they're going to defend themselves because I can see these people ending up going to jail because it's a big enough offense. Mm. Yeah. And of course, I copyright, could... I was going to say copyright forms a basis for piracy and plagiarism as well. And again, it's law and uh, definitely not someplace you want to get caught. No, definitely not. It's, I'm, no. I'm like I'm very glad that I am not a guilty party here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're so, we've been. Know, go ahead, go ahead. I'll let you finish no, I, what you I were saying. Just, no, it's okay. I was I was just going <laughs> to say we've had these discussions with people before, and they you know they put their fingers in the ear and go na 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 na. They don't want to hear it, but. There is a reality factor here. Mm-hmm. So go ahead. Yeah, um, we've spent the majority of the show talking about you know the legalese, the the you know, what it is, what you can do about it, this, that, and the other thing, and we've only briefly touched upon it's like. Uh, you know, the group that you're one of the admins for is Pagans Against Plagiarism. Makes you wonder, do some of these people who are plagiarizing, pirating, profiting off of other people's work, do they realize the the um, ethical implications as well as you're screwing around with a bunch of witches? <laughs> What do you think is going to happen? (laughs) Uh, Yes, the the tagline for Pagans Against Plagiarism is because stealing from witches is always such a good idea. And Mm -hmm. that's just sarcasm. Yes. Oh, yes. Yes. Um, uh, I think more than anything else, when, when you take a look when I do at least any rate, at people who are doing this, whether it's one book, whether it's 15 books, whether it's 900 books, whether it's a pagan book or not, the the ethics here, um, yeah, all right, everybody's got a different set of ethics. I understand that, all right? But, you know, what, what does it say about your level of ethics? when you're stealing from the creators in our community, all right? Or, or these people who run around going harm none or whatever have you, and then they're stealing books from the authors or artwork from the, from the artists or music from the musicians. Mm-hmm. Okay, they all go around spouting the, the, the harm none thing, um, 
and, and yet they download illegal copies. And they're actually harming the creators in our communities. I mean, these people work for a living. All right. Um, why do they think they are going to decide whether or not the artist is going to get paid for their work? What gives them that right? Everybody wants to pay, be paid for the work that they do. All right. But how mm-hmm. come you get to decide that the creators do not get paid for theirs because you're going to download an illegal book or an illegal art piece? Uh, and then we take a look and we, uh, the discussion we had earlier with Dorothy not writing anymore for pu- you know publishing or um, mm-hmm. some of the artists that have walked out of the community. Um, we lose these people. The work that they created, we lose new creations from these people. All right. Um, what happens if a lot of them decide they stop publishing and walk away from it simply because they can't make a living off of the work that they're doing. Yeah. They have to go out and get a job. They can't support themselves. They can't support their families. I mean, it's not like they're getting a lot of money here, folks. The only people who get big bucks are people like Stephen King who gets a couple of million dollars as an advance to write the book and then makes a lot of money in the contracts and a lot of money on royalties. Most of the people in our community don't come anywhere near that kind of money. All right, they spend six months, they spend a year writing a book. The publishers will pay $3,500, $4,500, $5,000 for the book once it's finished. And that's all they get. Um, if if it if it goes into a second printing, they may get a royalty contract based on the total amount of sales that they do. So the first run will be you know five thousand copies. They get sold. The second one is another five thousand copies. And they, what are they making on that? Hello, um, thirty-five cents, forty-five cents, fifty-five cents, depending on the book. Mm-hmm. Per copy. Okay, so you've got a $10 book and they're making 50 cents on the book, let's just say. And you're going to download that book for free and cheat that guy out of 50 cents. Now, turn around and look at some of these groups that got 3,000 people in there in the group on Facebook. Yeah. All right, and do the math. Do the math. Every one of them downloads a copy of that guy's book. How much does that guy lose? I'm doing the math. Fifteen hundred dollars. Fifteen hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. And they're not allowed to make that money because you've decided you want to download an illegal copy of that book. Yeah. And who sure. made Sounds fair yeah. to me, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Like I said, these people work on these books for six months or a year, okay? How many of you work for $5,000 a year? 
Not I, said the fly. Oh, yeah, I know, right? (laughs) That's what gets me more than anything else. I mean, you get the attitude from the people who are doing it. You get the attitude from the people who are taking the books. But what really pisses me off are the people who think they go around going, harm none, will do no harm whatever have you, and then they're stealing from these people and then they wonder why these people no longer create for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, here in Nebraska, there's uh, quite a few artists, you know, visual arts, that mm-hmm. I've gotten to know and uh, I sometimes will see their work posted somewhere on Facebook or some website or something like that. And I'm like, wait a second. That doesn't have their watermark on it. What's mm-hmm. going on here? So I'll message them on Facebook or send them an email or whatever going, hey, I saw this piece of yours over here. Here's the link wasn't sure if you had given them permission or not because I hadn't seen you talking about it. Mm-hmm. And nine times out of ten, I usually get the response of, nope, they don't have permission. Thanks for letting me know. Yep, yeah. One of the, the things that I hear constantly or quite a bit is uh, books are expensive. And therefore, they feel that that justifies them downloading a free copy of the book. You know what else is expensive? My rent. But no, no, I I really love it because you take them out and go go to any one of these festivals and they're dropping, what, $40 for a cauldron, you know, $50 for wands. But the ten ninety nine for the book, that's too expensive. Um, or they moan over the ninety nine cent Kindle download on yes, Facebook. Yes, you know, that they're like, Oh right. no, I can't afford to do that right now and then they post the, you know, a hundred dollar item that they ordered from Amazon that is something that they oh, don't yeah. really need. Exactly. I'm like Exactly. Okay, you couldn't afford ninety nine cents to get a Kindle version of my book, but you could spend a hundred dollars for an Instapot when you already had one on the counter. <laughs> yeah. Or um, you could afford to spend the the seventy nine ninety nine, and I know this is the actual price for one of these, uh, for the uh, the dual brew system of the twelve cup coffee maker and the K cup on the other side. Oh, yeah. You really need the K-cup? Besides being environmentally unsound, all those little plastic K-cup things, after what do you do with them, you throw them away. But I don't Mm. even think they make good coffee, but that's my my opinion. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think it's worth the $79.95, but hey, whatever. Um, Now, I will admit I have one of those brewers, but I have the reusable filter basket that I use on the K-side. Ah, Oh, see, that's that's a good thing, then. Okay, mm. that's a good thing. I can brew just a it's single cup. Mm-hmm. 
and it's a reusable basket. I have two of those baskets, just yeah, in case I forget to empty one out. Mm-hmm. Yep. But the the answer all the time I give, all right, when they start going, oh, I can't afford this, is, well, why don't you just borrow the book from the library and make notes? All right. Oh, oh, it's not in your library. Well, then you ask them to order it for you. All right. And you can probably order it as a Kindle download from the library, and they'll let you borrow it for two weeks. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. I just don't get it. Sorry, I just got totally distracted scrolling through on Facebook, seeing that an author uh, that I've been following, their second book is out. Yay! Oh, good. It's, oh, it's good. already on my list of purchase. Purchase. It's going to get purchased oh, I know. when I have income again. <laughs> yes, when we have income. <laughs> cash, yes. It's on that wish list on Amazon. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, now out there listeners and we're all going to you know we could all benefit from this go look our names up on Amazon and purchase our books thank you yes thank you <laughs> yes thank you uh, um, I was saying earlier that I had shared the link for the show around with a bunch of different authors or groups uh-huh. or what have you, including a group that uh, Kali Sarah and I admin on. And the it, first person to click on the posting in the Pagan Fiction Writers group was yeah. M.R. Sellers. Oh, yeah, he did the same thing over on Pagans Against Plagiarism when I posted the link this afternoon. Mm. One of the first people who clicked on it. I think he beat you out on it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, he probably did because I think I was taking a nap. Ah, okay. (laughs) Or getting ready to or something. I don't know. Okay, don't worry about it. You know, seeing people who actually, you know, we've got listeners for this. We know we do. Because we know it's a topic that people are interested in. They want to find out more about. They want to encourage other people to find out about the DMCAs. You know, hey, you're a new author, and look, somebody's already pirated your book. Yep. Or, um, you know, just whatever reason, you know. And it's not just authors that are interested in this topic. Because we've been talking about creators in general. Yeah. And continue to talk and continue to talk and continue to talk. I'm pulling up that email exchange that we had to make sure that we've been covering everything. Uh, uh, I'm I'm looking at the same thing. and I, I think we've covered a lot of the material there, a lot of the, the, the questions that, that, you know, most people would want to know about when they hear copyright infringement or plagiarism or piracy. I think we've covered a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Okay, I will admit that this is one of my, was one of my hardest problems, and that's remembering how to spell plagiarism. 
But yeah, you can look for the uh, the group on Facebook, uh, Pagans Against Plagiarism. If you have any reason, any any want, desire, need, whatever, to follow a group like that, you know, whether you are a creator or you are a consumer, and you want to be able to help the creators keep track of what's going on. Now, um, if I remember correctly, there are some questions that the admins ask before they allow you into the group. Is that correct? I think there's just one basic question. Mm-hmm. And it, that's uh, more is, or less to help screen that it's not bots, right? <laughs> yes, that's basically what it is. Um, basically, it just asks you what what plagiarism uh, what what plagiarism means to you. With copyright, mm. yeah, plagiarism. What plagiarism means to you? I know it's been so long since I put that question up there. I think maybe Leslie might have put it up there. <laughs> don't remember. Um, so I don't yeah, think that but, question was there when I joined the group. So I, I think it was only put in maybe a year ago because of the bots mm. and the, and the um, the um, spammers. Mm-hmm. The bots, Once the spammers, the, the stalkers. Yeah. Well, we don't go there. We <laughs> We're not gonna go there. Yeah, well the closest we'll go to going there is you like you said, uh you and some of the other admins, if not all of them, um can't even get into some of these groups on Facebook. Or once you're in there you're only there for like maybe a day before somebody goes, Oh, they're they're yeah. against what we're doing. We're gonna get rid of them. Yeah, they're against you breaking the law. They're right. against you taking literally taking food out of people's mouths. And it's very hard to tell somebody or to say to somebody, Hey, you know, all those books you got there, you're stealing from those people. There's no polite way or nice way to say this to anybody. I don't care how you try to word it. Um mm. people are gonna get offended. They do get offended. Um, it's in, in all fairness, there are people who go, "Oh my gosh, I didn't even realize that," and they'll take the books down, and they'll they'll come in and they'll sit down in our group and 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 learn about what is going on and why this is illegal and why we shouldn't be doing this. And they're very polite about it, but they are few and far between. Uh, most people get insulted. How dare you! Uh, right down to calling us bullies because we're asking them to take down material that's copyrighted. All right, or, you know, okay, you don't want to do that. Well, then I will talk to the author and have them file a DMCA. Oh, you're just a bunch of bullies. Okay, fine, whatever. Um, I've been called worse than that, too. (laughs) Oh, I'm sure. (laughs) Yeah, bully is just one of the words, you know. And then promptly booted out of the group and banned from the group forever. Um, it, it, it will also make it a point of making sure that you know that they're not happy with what you've done and they will, they will definitely harass you sometimes, um, either through Messenger or um, posting in a public forum somewhere, did you know blah, blah, blah is in this group and they're a bunch of bullies? Yeah, okay, fine. Um, actually, I think I wear that as a badge these days. 
I've been kicked out of this group because when we asked them about removing the work, they kicked us out. Okay, fine, there's another one. Um, it also gets to a point where you just don't bother anymore. Don't even bother saying anything to anybody. Just go in, take the material, make the copies, get the get the links, and then just give the information to the art to the to the artists and authors and let them deal with it. Um, you say something. Who wants to go through that time after time after time after time? We don't even bother anymore. And then of course they say, well, if you just come to us and said something, well, right now you're yelling at me. All right, you're calling me names because I didn't come to you and ask you to remove the books. What would you have done if I had come to you and asked you to remove the books? Would you have called me a bunch of names like you just did? Okay, there you have it. Which way do you go? We also like to protect the people in our group uh, to make sure that they don't get themselves wrapped up in an encounter with somebody and get themselves into trouble. We've had enough um, harassment over the years from people. Uh, we, we advise people, don't, don't do anything, don't say anything, just, just come in, give us the name of the group, we'll take care of it from there. We've got a bad reputation already, so it doesn't make any difference. <laughs> yeah. What is that song, I Don't Give a Damn About a Bad Reputation? Yeah, okay. That works. Uh-huh. Yeah, I've I've followed some of the kerfuffles uh, mm. when people are, you know, just they've had enough. The the creators had enough, and they, you know, rightfully go off on a little tirade. Mm-hmm. And then just, you know, I sat back with the popcorn and watched mm-hmm. to see who's going to respond and in what manner. Right. And go, okay, this is a person I don't want to deal with. So, okay, yeah. I will keep my eye out for them. <laughs> or, yeah, like Dorothy's posting last week, and it's just like, whoa, somebody actually said that to her? <laughs> I am still in, in a state of, of shock that somebody would actually think that for any amount of time. I mean, you know, you actually thought of that, doing that? Why? Are you mm. foolish? I'll <laughs> hex her with her own candles. Uh, okay. Let me know how that comes out for you. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, after oh, karma dear. gets done spanking your butt. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, and of course, that brings up a, a whole other ball of wax, too. It's like, okay, there are many creators, pagans, witches, what have you, of the community that put stuff out there. Some of it they, they will put out for free. And, you know, I, I wager to say, especially with uh, digital copies and all that, that if you are in such circumstances that you just flat out can't afford it, the creator will probably share it with you. Oh, but that's yeah. a one-on-one case-by-case situation. The the other thing too is if you go up to Amazon on any given day, 
somebody is promoting their book for free and you can download a free copy of their work. Legitimately. Right? I mean, legitimate, legally, yes, legally. Um, there is a group that actually posts these titles every single day. I'm going to get the name for you. Um, she goes through the trouble every single day of going up there and taking a look at what specials are being offered by Amazon. Um, mm-hmm. Pagan Free Bookshelf. Um, she goes up to Amazon. She goes up to Barnes & Noble. She goes up to um, uh, some of the, the author's sites. Some of the authors will even tell her when they're going to do a special. Mm-hmm. Um, and she posts them to the page every single day. So if mm-hmm. you, you can't afford a book, uh, there's a place where you can get them free legally. I'm already scrolling through the page going, oh, hey, now. What oh, sure. And, of course, word of advice for anybody who does go to this page. Before you click buy, make sure it's still available at the free price yeah. for the Kindle download. Yeah, usually, because usually the, these uh, do change. They only have a, <laughs> yeah. Well, they only usually put it up for a day. Mm-hmm. Okay, sometimes it's up for two days. Um, so the book from three days ago might not be free now. But if you mm-hmm. make it a practice of going up there every single day and taking a look like I do, okay, you'll find a lot of good titles and some junk, but there's a lot of good titles there. Um, mm-hmm. It usually will, will give me a heads up when there's a really good title that's up there um, for free. And of course, she also promotes some other places where you can go and get um, free uh, information, free easings, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. There's another online source for me because, well, yeah, one can never have too many books. As long as they are acquired legally, one can never have too many books. (laughs) Exactly. My Kindle doth run us over. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mine definitely is getting there too. <laughs> and of course then I also go out and buy books. I think I picked up uh, one of the Toledo to SD books this morning. I was looking at it. I said, Gee, I don't have that one click. <laughs> yeah. Uh definitely. Uh, I was lucky enough last year that two friends of mine moved out of state and they did not want to take all of their books with them. They cried oh, over the fact that they couldn't take all of their books with them. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I uh, inherited most of those books. There you and go. I'm like, ooh, okay, I already have this one, so that can be put over here in the lending library. Oh, there's another copy of that book from this person. So that, mm-hmm. yeah. And, whoa, what were they thinking with this book? <laughs> uh, well, I could prop up the the uh, the sofa with that one, I guess. Right. Put it under the monitor and bring it up to the same level as the other monitor, yes. 
There you go. <laughs> Stuff like that, yeah. But we right. also have uh, plenty of used bookstores in the area that uh, yeah. are are happy to get stuff from people. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I'll take store credit, please. Thank you. Yes, store credit. <laughs> Excellent. We love store credit. Yes. But you're right. Lending libraries is basically where mine ends up. Because anytime mm-hmm. I lend out a book, it just never seems to come back home again. So yeah. duplicates go in a lending library. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, there's... Uh, one particular book that I think I have, I think I'm on my fourth copy of for myself mm-hmm. because it never comes back when I loan it out. So it's like, okay, I'm not yeah. loaning that one out anymore, or at least not my own copy of it anymore. If it's in the lending library, sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's there's certain books uh, from the pagan community, you know, books that came out in like the 80s or 90s or whatever that I have multiple copies of in that lending library for the purpose of I don't care if it comes back or not. Well, yeah, um, I'm surprised that you still have those copies. I know I had some of those from like the 80s and 90s, and they are uh, not readable anymore. The paper is a bit yellow and breaks a little bit too easily. The covers are a little bit warped. I'm surprised. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's why I've been picking them up in Kindle format now because A, I can't read that small print anymore. And B, at least I know I won't have to replace the book in five, eight years because the book is falling apart. Mm-hmm. I don't think they were paperback books. I mean, they were never meant to last. Yeah. That's why you buy the hardcover varieties and they never go away, but you don't lend those out either. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Learned that the hard way with that book I was talking about that I'm on my fourth copy of. Yeah. <sighs> that was a book club edition, so it wasn't, you know, like it was uh, a rarity or anything like that. <laughs> Tells mm-hmm. you probably how long ago I had that book too but yeah Yeah. oh and and speaking of lending and stuff like that you can lend books through Kindle and other e-readers oh yes you can yes you can the book gets removed from your Kindle goes over to whoever you've designated as the recipient of that book and it stays there for what is it, two weeks or a month? I don't remember. And I don't know. Then I it automatically done it comes, well, it automatically comes back to you. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, it's there again. I mean, it's guaranteed. It goes out, it gets lent, and then it comes back. Something a lot of books in my library never did. They never came back <laughs> once they were borrowed. <laughs> I even at one point in time had a notebook that I would record who, what, when, made sure I have their phone number. Yep. <laughs> I, uh, it's still I've, lent out, I've, I've lent out a copy of Cunningham's book. I can't tell you how many times. And, and every time I end up going up onto Amazon and buying a used copy for, you know, four bucks and, or three bucks or whatever have you, putting it back on my shelf and then 
lending it out again and having to mm-hmm. go buy another one from Amazon. Yes. Yeah, that's that's one of the books that, you know, I have multiple copies, surprisingly mm-hmm. still have multiple copies of, and the, probably because I can't even see the bookcase right now. I need to organize. But uh, one of the local bookstores that I was talking about, when they get those books in, if they get more yeah. than one copy of like Cunningham's Solitary Guide, mm-hmm. they'll message me on Facebook or email me or even call me and going, do you want a copy? Because they know what I do with them. Yeah. And yep. that's only if they've gotten more than one copy in. If they've only got one copy in, they're going to put it on their shelf right, right. right away. Right. But if they've got multiples, you know, they're like, hey – no, we'll we'll sell it to you for this price if you want it. Da, mm-hmm. da, 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 da. It reminds me, I think I have some books on hold down there. <laughs> I should check. Yeah. I was just talking with the owner a week ago. I should check. Yeah. We weren't talking about that end of things at the time, so I didn't think to ask, and she wasn't thinking about it. Yeah. Um, this particular bookstore, which I'm going to say the name of, a novel idea, um, is actually known everywhere in the U.S. If for no other reason than they were one of the first used bookstores to have a store cat that actually made it to the news. They what, were an answer a, on Jeopardy. What is a bookstore without a store cat? Exactly. Exactly. But, yeah, uh, a novel idea made it onto Jeopardy. Uh, Understandable. (laughs) Understandable. It's like, hey, cool, we'll go with that. Yeah, that's their claim to fame. Okay, yeah. But, okay, we've got about 20 minutes left in the show. Believe it or not, we've been talking for over an hour and a half. Oh, wow. And I know, Kali, Sarah, and I want to have a little bit of time at the end to just kind of touch base with what's going on in the world. So what would you like to make sure gets shared with our listeners? Do the right thing. Um, I know Sarita wrote a little um, essay after this whole thing started with um, that one particular book group and everything. And she, she put in there, okay, so you have some illegal copies of those books in your Kindle. Why don't you, like, do the right thing? Either send the author a dollar or go out and buy a used copy of the book or go up and get a Kindle copy. Do the right thing. Okay? Mm-hmm. Don't download illegal books. You can usually tell they're illegal because they're a PDF. Mm-hmm. Um, you got a PDF there and they're under copyright. Think about doing the right thing. Although probably some people have enough illegal books in their collection that they would probably have to give up their month's mortgage to replace them, but No, don't do it. To another start thing that's and... yeah, delete it off your your device if you can't 
give yeah, the author the buck or whatever. Get rid of it. Right. Get rid of it. And then make it a point to try to acquire the ones that you really want mm-hmm. the right way. Yeah, I'm, I'm scrolling through through her page right now. Going, you know, she's written a lot of things. She deserves oh, yeah. to get the credit for it, people. Yeah. Heck, even if she'd only written one book, she deserves to get the credit for it. Exactly. But she's contributed a lot of material to the pagan community, and some people swear by her books. Same with Dorothy, same with a few other really um, well-known. And then there are a lot of non-well-known people who you got their book, you keep it, you read it constantly. Is it a legal copy? If it's legal, cool. That's fine. But if it's not, mm. hey, if you use it that much, go buy a used copy. Or get the Kindle mm-hmm. version. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. Sarah, do you have any questions for uh, Baudica before we let her go? Okay, can you hear me now? Yes, we can hear you now. Yeah. Okay, I'm eating artichoke. <laughs> so my hands are all messy. Um, and you don't want to choke no, actually, on it. Well, true. But, uh, no, I, th- I think we've covered a lot of really good stuff. I mean, um, the, the one thing I would add is, particularly if you have difficulty finding a legal copy and you just don't want to give it up, Talk to the author. Contact the author and see if there is something else that you can do for them. Mm-hmm. I mean, who doesn't share on their social media about a book they just read? Right. Or leaving yep. a review. Or, you know what, maybe I know a lot of authors these days have a Patreon account. You know what? Drop a five spot on my Patreon for a month or so, and we'll call it good. I think leaving a review would would be up on Amazon. Leave a review of their book. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, because those those reviews up there, if they get enough of them, they become featured authors. So you know, go up and say, "Really like this book. Thank you," and just leave it at that. Mm-hmm. Now, that's a great thing about Amazon reviews is they don't have to be long. No, they don't. Well, yeah. All good things that we've covered tonight. Lots of great information. Um, uh, I, and I know we threw out a whole bunch of links and stuff like that earlier, but uh, I think probably one of the most important ones to pay attention to, if you're on Facebook, it's easy enough to find, and that's the Pagans Against Plagiarism group. And from there, you can get more information on what to do if you are a creator who has been pirated, plagiarized, you know, your work's stolen from you for uh, fun and profit. That's a great resource right there on Facebook. You can also, you know, Google copyright law for your country. Because not everybody listening to this show is in the United States. So, you know, Google, you know, 
search however you do on the internet for your your country's copyright laws and you know just be aware that you can do something to combat your works being stolen from you and that's Phil's PSA on plagiarism oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't spend a lot, a lot of time on the air do I um, so yeah uh, thank you Bautica for joining us tonight You're to talk welcome. about this very important issue thank uh, you thank for, for taking me. time oh Thank you. Definitely. Always always enjoy having people on that actually know what they're talking about because we don't always know what we're talking about. <laughs> you sounded pretty good to me tonight. <laughs> All right. Well, thank Thanks you. You lot. have yourself a good night, blessed week. And you uh, thank you. Yeah. You thank too. you. Have a good one. All right, Sarah. Wowza. Yeah. Wowza. And there's so much more. I mean, we covered a lot of the bases. Addressed a lot of issues and gave a lot of answers. Uh Probably caused even more questions to pop up for many people. But hey, that's why they can email us, paganmusings at gmail.com. They can email us with their questions if they have things that didn't quite get answered or if they didn't catch something. Of course, if you didn't catch something, listen to the show in archives. But, yeah, <laughs> that's how it works sometimes. Uh, but, you know, of course, with those links that we were giving out, you know, we weren't necessarily spelling them out completely for you. So, you know, just let us know. But speaking of writing and projects and stuff like that, we're both busy, 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 busy. Did did I see correctly that you finished one of the projects, at least to the point of it's ready for beta? Yes. Of your 13 and 24? Well, okay, so technically, I okay, I kind of cheated because I'm crazy not stupid. Um, one of the 13 was the uh, anthology that I had come out earlier this month. And another of the mm. 13 is The Chains That Bind, which was recently accepted. And so this is technically the third of the 13 that is, you know, really getting the gas pedal. But, yes, mm. I have one of my short stories done for the anthologies that I have coming out towards the end of this year and the beginning of next. Yeah. So in case anybody was really confused as to what, you're doing you're not writing 13 books it's 13 projects right technically it's 13 publications i am Mm -hmm. getting published 13 times now some Mm -hmm. of that is like i have short stories that i've put in anthologies when they come out of the contract for the anthologies then i publish them as a 99 cent short so you can either get them as part of the anthology or individually. I'm counting mm. those because, again, crazy, not stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, huh. yeah, you're, you're, you're doing better than me right now, but I've also got lots of other things on the buffet table. I don't have a plate. I have a buffet table, as usual. I am learning to say no. Again, to things, it's like, you, 
you're inviting me to write for what anthology? I'm sure that's a great anthology, but you're asking a pagan to write for a Christian anthology, and it has to be based on the Christian mythos. No. I might read what others do, but no, no. Yeah, I'm not going to write a story for the Ten Commandments. I'm not. I might do one of the Seven Deadly Sins it's because they're, they're fun, <laughs> and I am writing three flash fiction demon stories. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's like flash fiction. Okay, you you know, just from you know, dealing with me over the years that I don't do anything short. Yep. <laughs> so I'm writing flash fiction. You can't get much shorter than that unless you're doing, you know, like a a a, a story in just, you know, one Twitter message. I've done that. I know you have. I've tried doing the uh, the six word stories. Have you uh-huh. seen those? Yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, it's not a complete story in six words. I just can't do it. Nope, nope, just can't do it. I'm getting there, though. Getting there. But, yeah, so. Whew. All right, what anthology that you're in just came out? And, and um, shameless, shameless yeah. promotion here. Uh, Counterclockwise just came out. It's a time travel anthology put out by Fiction Atlas, one of my favorite indie publishers ever. <laughs> and seriously, the the gal who runs that, Courtney, is a sweetheart and a half, and she's always so supportive. Um, the the anthology that I just finished writing the story for is a dystopian anthology. Um, so it's dystopian fantasy and I just finished carrier for that. And then I have a fantasy wild west, like a Western cross cross with fantasy story that I'm doing. Um, that's essentially, a, a settlement on another planet kind of thing with dragons, Woo, dragons. <clears throat> so Can't go wrong with dragons. All right. So that's going to be my next project. And then I have uh, book four of the Rune Spell series that I'm doing in November, and book three of the Hot Pay Night series that I'm doing for my Lena Grace line before the end of the year. So I still have two shorts, a novel, and a novella to write in what I have like four months and a week left in the year. Yeah, four months and a week, roughly. <laughs> Four months and ten yeah, days. Crazy. Yep, yep, yep. But you're not stupid. I'm not stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had to uh, contact um, the coordinator for two of the indie publishers I'm working with for anthologies and go, uh, you know, same person for two. I like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and go, can you just to make sure I actually have them all on my calendar. Can you send me a list of the ones that I said I would do so I can make sure they're all in my calendar? I tried adding them as I went, but I'm not sure if I got all of them. I'm waiting to hear back. 
I'm going to have to pester her. But yeah, yeah I think I have. But yeah, I've I've got shorts, like I said, going into 2021, as well as I do need to finish book four. And is it wrong with Nano to have the same story three years in a row? As long as it's all new content for the word count, right? It's fine? Yeah. <laughs> I am going to finish Paranoid. Promises, it is going promises. To it is going to happen. I will finish writing it. It may take a while to edit it. I mean, it's, it's not like my 22, 20... Twenty four year yeah, next next spring it'll be the twenty fourth year I've been working on it. Magnum opus. <laughs> but yeah, this only the paranoid survive is kind of going out of my comfort zone on writing. Not on reading, but on writing. It's a genre that I love to read and watch in movies and television. But yeah, it's like okay, I want to make this as real as possible. Basically, I want people to have nightmares when they're done reading it. So That's I probably won't be sending it to you for beta reading. Yeah. <laughs> But anywho, um, yeah, we uh, speaking of authors and stuff like that, next week we have uh, Andy Pelliquin joining us again. Uh, he is relaunching his Grim Dark Fantasy series as well as he's got lots of other projects on the burner. So we'll be visiting with him about that. And he's recently done like a cross-country move and all that. So there's all kinds of things to catch up with him on. And his YouTube video series that he does, so with uh, Stevie Collier. Mm-hmm. But you know, might even get him on the show sometime one of these days. You've you've been a guest on their uh, YouTube series, haven't you? Yeah. Yep. It was. Uh, I, I'd like to say it was a lot of fun, but you know the topic was um, trauma. <laughs> <laughs> how to write it so it, it was kind of a tense topic <laughs> yeah oh, we need to let everybody go so what music do you want to hear Um, something upbeat let's do a something, something upbeat something upbeat something upbeat something well that pretty much almost goes without saying that it's going to be like Frenchie and the Punk when you're talking about yeah, you up well, yeah, but I'm in French and the punk. <laughs> the computer and I have settled there. So unless you've got Elvin drums up in front of you. Nope. Okay. So, oop, 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 scrolled past the one I wanted, scrolled past the one I wanted. All right. Well, thank you all for tuning in and listening to the Pig Musings podcast. Um, great topic tonight. Great guest. Thank you again, Baudica Foster, for joining us. Uh, we're going to go out with Frenchie and the Punk, uh, the title track off of their Hey Hey Cabaret. You wanted that beat, Sarah? Good night. Hey, 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 hey
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.